Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 104 of the Couch on Ice podcast. I'm your host, Rylan. Very good, interesting week of hockey. We have our finals matchup, and it is arguably the best finals matchup we could ask for. Arguably the two best teams in the NHL. But it actually happened. It actually it happened. happened. Yeah, it actually it happened. Was... How are you boys so feeling amazing. about it right now? Like, oh, just, just opening happened. thoughts, like, after oh. five minutes ago. <laughs> um, I'm just so happy it's happened. I'm just so happy we actually get the two, like, best teams. Versus each head. other. Yeah, it's super exciting. Like I'm I'm so so pumped up. This could be the best final we've ever seen. But we will get into what we think of how this final can go, our predictions, all of that fun stuff. We have a lot of stuff to get talked to because our last episode that we have already recorded, you guys will never hear it because it corrupted. So started on um, fire. Rip us again. More technical difficulties just escalating and escalating. Fun times. Um, trying to figure it out. Starting to, and then something else goes wrong. But we got to talk about the Oilers and the Avalanche still. We have not talked about how that series ended. I honestly have forgotten the games because it's been a week. And like I said, we already dumped it out of our brains into a different podcast that is no longer here. So let's just give our brief explanation of it i'm gonna throw it to you jordan uh what do you have to say about the whole series uh, about maybe both teams real quick i'll give you like a couple minutes here to rant yeah no i mean i think colorado obviously sweeping the series they showed just how dominant they were they pretty well dominated most of the games bar the obvious um mcdavid and dreisaitl as for the uh the Oilers, I think the Oilers really, they showed a lot despite being swept. I think that they showed that they, they're they not quite there, but they're almost there where they can hang with the big boys, where they can really like take a finals push. All they need, obviously, goalie. They need Mike Smith, not necessarily out of there, but not to be the main number one guy. Um, and maybe a little bit more depth. And that's about it. This team is really starting to get geared up for a scary team. A very yeah, scary team. They definitely have had trouble running four lines, hey, in the playoffs. Um, and, yeah, the lack of defense, man, is big. Um, it's just, if you could find a way to push Keith to less minutes, like, Kulak looked pretty damn good. So keeping him around a, a cheap penny is definitely like sign them forever for like if you gave up a second dollars, if you, know? you gave him a second round pick for him i i sure as hell hope you keep him <laughs> yeah like, so like he's he's right in his prime age so he should be able to haul a decent amount of minutes um but yeah bouchard's just got to really take a step and somehow broberg's got to be somehow part of this or barry just kind of sticks around and balances well with kulak which or kind of worked. Barry but. turns into a winger like we've been talking about. Yeah, hey, I wonder what's going to happen there with the old Barry. It sounds, there's obviously lots of heat and rumors and talk about it, but like 
Is that just people Edmonton news trying to pump up Tyson Berry getting traded? Well, it, that a team that like mad interest for him. I think there's a team like, that is. I've tried to find a home for old Tyson Berry. She's a that's that's a tough it's a tough one. I have a pretty easy one, and I think it's Arizona. Because Tyson Berry has zero control of where he goes, and Arizona need to fill up and get to the fl- floor of the cap. Like, they're already sniffing around on some other guys who are higher cap to maybe get a few picks out of as well. I think Edmonton would give up probably a second to get rid of Berry to Arizona. and Buffalo, too. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo, too. They are looking for a right-handed D-man to play a power. Not that I... I think Barry is the good option, but is a option. Yeah, hey. a option. yeah, I'm just wondering how. Like, I'd be pretty skeptical if I was Kenny on uh, how much I'm giving, just giving away just I to agree. shed cap. Like, I agree. There's probably ways you could do it without giving up a second round pick. Is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, the, uh, what I'm thinking is more along what you're probably thinking too. But I'm trying to get in Ken Holland's mind, and he's that's probably what usually ends up happening is hey yeah. second round pick and eh, we didn't we kept our first this year good on us by second like there'd, there'd definitely have to be other uh casualties technically yeah um if barry was to stick around but like um we're talking like uh fogel or like something like that you know cassie and probably cassie get rid of those think, two, hey? two guys and that's uh, enough money to kind of keep basically everybody around um but having the same goaltending yeah that you gotta somehow make a trade that's what it is like that's the only way i'm looking at you can go about it i've looked at some of the ufa goalies and like there's some that could be available but in very specific situations like jack campbell very specific situation if the leafs get john gibson or something that's the only way i think um Mm -hmm. Like, there's Billy Huso. We don't know what St. Louis is going to do with their goaltending. And, like, I don't know. Yeah, St. Louis has to figure something out. Kemper, if he doesn't sign in Colorado, but I think he will. Um, yeah, I don't know. Flurry won't go to Edmonton. So, there really isn't anyone super available. So, they, yeah, they'll have to look trade. For me, what this team is looking at, the intriguing part is Evander Kane. Um, this offseason because mm-hmm. we would have talked about last podcast there and I, I would have said different, sounded different from how I'm talking now. I would have said that, oh, they're going to get Evander Kane back. They're going to keep him. Uh, I just read like his tweet saying goodbye and stuff pretty much. That, that guy is not signing with Edmonton because I'm hearing he's going to get offers of $8 million around. Edmonton's not yeah. does not have eight million dollars to pay him unless they do a whole bunch of casualties like Chase said. Like that means Cassie and Fogle and Barry may be gone to keep. Yeah, exactly. It would take all no. that exactly. And that you'd still have to upgrade that goaltending along with it. Just and that defense fill in the plugs. Like yeah, it's doesn't doesn't make yeah. sense. Does not add up when Evander Kane yeah, is going to chase like to the bag. I like to think that Kane would take like five mil to stay with uh, Edmonton because 
like, really big piece of what makes this team good. So, like, I don't know. Why not feel wanted and actually be needed on this team, you know? Because he can get more money somewhere else. He's in a position where he cannot afford, literally afford to do that. He can't take less. Yeah, this isn't... Otherwise, I would totally agree. (laughs) This isn't Brian Rust here, who's like... He sounds like he is. Because this guy (laughs) is trying to chase, like, the 8-9 million. He never offers the biggest bag, I'm sure. So, yeah, I I don't... Man, Connor McDavid reached out to him to come play. Like, come on. Yeah. He's going to swindle him into that shit again. It worked. (laughs) (laughs) It worked for exactly what he told them. probably worked. He said, yo, Evander... We need someone exactly like you who can score goals, hit the, hit people really hard, and you need to rebuild your reputation. I'm the best player in the world and can set up some pretty nice plays if you just get your ass to the net. And he did that. He, they, Everyone in their party did exactly what they did to persuade him to come. Yep. It, I think it's just over now, unfortunately. It's just like, done. <laughs> Thanks yep. for benefiting both teams. Like, am, no, am I, I, I think you're 100% on it. Yeah, like, it's... Just the more and more I think about it, it's like, I don't know why I'm like, oh, Edmonton, I think he'll stay, I think he'll stay. I'm like, but, like, why? Unless they give him, like we were talking, that eight-year contract at, like, $5 million, like you're talking, Chase. Maybe he'll take less on yeah. the on the term. It'd, it'd be on... nice to get him for like a few years, but yeah, hey, he might force a situation where it's like, people, like I don't know, I don't see why people would be offering him so much money. I'd make him earn that money. I agree. At least like every few years. We don't know yeah. for sure who's gonna offer that type of money. Is the question right? Like you said, like we don't know what the market is for him because he was available for free for two years. Like, absolutely free, and you maybe could have gotten something for taking him at, at points. Like, yeah, nobody I, wanted him then. Exactly. So, like, who wants him now in the sense, like, yeah, he's proved he's a good hockey player, but that's never been in question. We have never once sat here and been like, Evander Kane, I don't know about if he's a good enough hockey player to be in here. No, he is He is a 30-goal scorer every time. If he didn't have he's the... teammate. Yeah, if he didn't, yeah, exactly. If he didn't have the drama attached to him, he'd be one of the best, most sought after wingers players in the game. For sure, for sure. For his one asset type, sought after free agents. It's do teams want to risk there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same with like Paul uh, Yarby. Um, yeah, that's another big doing, question. Like a risk situation with him, like because. Um, I don't know. I, to me, I feel like you should just take him for as little amount as you can pay him for, like, a one-year deal and really just kind of say it's time prove to it. prove it or... Prove it or head out. We'll give you one more... Here, here. Um, oh, it's just, like... The only issue like, I have with that is, like, it's it's pressure on the kid who's could, still only, like, 24. Yeah. And, like, I get you need to put pressure at points, but, like, he left because <laughs> of it. I feel like it's just this. This reminds me of Nishushkin right now. He 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 reminds me of what Nishushkin's 
he's going to turn into Anishishkin later on. Like, when he's 28, 29, he's going to figure it out defensively because he's bigger and he's finished. He's very smart. They're typically very smart hockey players when it comes to the both sides of the game. And then he's just going to, oh, okay, this is how you play in the NHL. Like, Nishishkin went a season where he had no goals and, like, two penalty minutes and played 60 games. Like, I don't know how you do that. You virtually skate and skate on to the bench, it seems. But he's look at him now. Like he had projected cap hits on the on those player cards in some cases at nine million dollars for what he <laughs> Like I, I wonder. I, I see a lot of Puyarvi in that. Like I wonder if it won't happen in, for him until he's like 26, 27, 28, maybe even later. And then yeah. he starts figuring it out. It won't be in Edmonton at that point. You would think mm-hmm. they would probably have moved on. So. Yeah, I know. He doesn't really seem like he's ever gonna fit on this team. Like, I feel like there's a there should be a connection with him and Dry, dry Saddle, but yeah. maybe it's when he's thirty and when he plays like that or something. Like, That's you what know, I'm like, thinking, right? Kind of a weird situation with it him because it seems like he's gotta find a way to utilize his skills a little bit more, and it's taken a long time. And he's still a scrawny little kid, so like it's. Do you do you the, see if you the, can the balance of like just kind of waiting for everything to come together and like like a shot you know like you right. think that'd be a little bit more apparent and like just finding where to be to get those get those goals like I said it's just doesn't seem like everything comes together but you do see flashes in a sense um, it was a good defensive consistent year for Paul yeah Harvey. absolutely. Do you look at so. Puljujarvi and say, because I, I, I'm starting to get to the point where maybe you trade him for someone else who needs a change of scenery? This seems like a change of scenery deal, like in waiting. It's like yeah, you like, said. I think, it would, I think that may help him quickly, like sooner and faster in his career. But like, I feel like staying with the Oilers is. Like, it makes sense for the Oilers, because, like, why wouldn't you keep, like, Yamamoto and Pugliarvi, a couple young guys that could but turn that's into the thing. anchors for your team? Um, what if you're you replacing have, like, it for several, another young guy, uh, though? Like, I'm not like, saying you don't, like, you just get rid of it for, like, a second-round pick or whatever. I'm saying, like, what if there's another guy out there who's 23, 24, who's struggling as well in his team. Maybe like a Jake DeBrusque. The, yeah, like the... Like the old Kunin. Like a Kunin, like a... What about... Kunin is Kratsov still... Is Kratsov still available? Like, do the Rangers still want to move him and do they like a Pugliarvi who's better now for the NHL? Like, yeah. is something yeah, no, like that? that? Would be a dec- that'd be a decent move, I guess, in a sense, but... That's all I would trade lo- him you're for. You're kind of looking at the same sort of thing. Like, that's what I'm getting at. We might as well keep the the right-handed guy, because once he... He should be able to pan out into, like, a super hard player to play against. But, I don't know. I guess it depends if you think he's going to be that hard-nosed, in a sense, because... Yeah. It's not that I don't think he's going to be players, Finnish players <laughs> are usually hard-nosed players. Yeah, They're and like like you said... and really good, usually. So. I, I don't think he's not going to be that. I think he definitely will be that later on. I just don't think it's going to be with the Oilers. Sometimes players don't work with teams. Like, there's a sour taste from the start. Like, there was obviously issues there. Some players just 
don't work with the first team they go on. They go to a different team. They have a completely different philosophy in how their team is run. Like, that can spark players in a different way. Like, maybe it's just Mm -hmm. not the way... It's not peanut butter and jam, right? It's... Yeah. It's... Yeah. It's not great. So, it's like peanut butter and mayo at this point, seemingly. It's just not blending well. And shuffling that's never been a bad thing. And I like those changes, scenery moves for everyone involved. Two teams get a good change and two players get a change they need. I think it just is a win, 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 win. Yeah, I just, I don't think it's necessary this year because uh, he's not going to be too expensive this year. If you, right. You should have control of him if you just sign him to a one-year deal from what I remember. So uh, I'd probably wait it out because I want to see what he can do because there's like I said, in all reality, like, yeah, he could probably maybe use a different team right now, and that would kick him in the ass and make him play instantly better and instantly get uh, a lot more eyes on him, I guess, like more attention on how he how he's doing what he's doing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a little unnecessary this year because he can be such a cheap asset. And if next year is his blow up year, that's good yeah. for your chances in the playoffs all right you know? fair, so. enough. fair enough let's uh let's i got one more thing we can do with the oilers and then let's move off them uh who is the one goalie you would go after to help upgrade let's say Koskinen moves on who uh who you get to play as a tandem with smith who's the guy you target your number one target looking at it right now Probably Samsonov for me. I think after his shit year, you could probably get him at a fairly cheap point. And I still think Sammy could be good. So, Chase? Um, I guess ideally, I think I'd like to snag Huso in a sense. On the cheap, though, like I'd want a pretty like normal deal. None of this, like, actually... That's why he came to me, because I paid him a bunch of money or something dumb like that. That doesn't seem like the right thing to do there. But honestly, I'd be fine with just Skinner. And uh, just really hope that... Uh, maybe find uh, a decent third guy. Like, maybe just Smith isn't re-signed or something, or one of those types of guys. Sign a third guy to make sure that if anybody goes down, you got somebody decent to hang with sign old dt <laughs> fair enough um, um yeah but yeah i'd be okay with that i'd probably i don't know if de- it depends with the goalie market i'd maybe look at varlamov but he's already said he doesn't want to play there so maybe yeah. he thinks differently in the off season <laughs> than he does at the deadline but yeah yeah fair I, I don't know there's not very many goalies out there there isn't that's why actually going to be available you know yeah they really missed the window last year with the goalie market being so strong um yeah straight up those guys just didn't want to go there yeah (laughs) they just didn't um i'm kemper and markstrom yeah kemper and markstrom just nope um but yeah i'm gonna go with i i would really like them to go out go all out and fight and get gibson because like I think that could like really steal them oh, like, yeah, right. a cup. Sure. Like it, Verbeek's made it known that he may be available for the right deal, and like if 
everything came oh, along. Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about Gibson because uh, I, I, got, I, I set my mind up just recently about him going to Vegas. Oh, yeah. Old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a little trade thought with him going to Vegas. Oh, God. Sounds like a pretty nice time. It sounds exactly like something they would do. Um, yeah, because they were trying to trade for Dadnov already, hey? So you just yeah. take Leonard and Dadnov, and then they save their money and blah, blah, blah. blah. If yeah, he'll go better. there, if Dadnov will agree to go, he'll waive it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Interesting. Fair enough. I would love to see something like that. But the issue is, mm-hmm. like, Leonard to Anaheim don't make sense. Like... They need a goalie, yeah, obviously. You can always, but like, you can always trade him later. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's One move last year or something like that. Let's move over to Colorado and with this series, do you guys have anything you want to chase? Do you have anything you want to mention about Colorado uh, in this third round conference final? Um, no, nothing other than just uh, Byram being able to step up, him being healthy and being able to just make plays and step into the Gerard role, um, saving, saving their ass uh, in that depth. Um, he's got really big minutes, and it's a tall task for a kid to act as cool as he is. Yeah. Um, if you watch, you know, talk about the Rangers series here, Keandre Miller looked flipping awesome at times, but also he looked very... Uh, rookie-ish by just some of the misplays that are yeah. happen or misreads. Um, and it just doesn't seem like Byron's doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it's fun to watch. Um, He's just that calm somebody's tires Other than Matt McCarr, right? Because yeah. that's just... This Madness. is getting nuts how Bobby just like, taking over the league. Wayne, Wayne Gretzky literally was comparing him to Bobby Orr. Like... Oh yeah, man. Like Wayne fucking. I remember Gretzky. saying that, man. Is he not? Is this not like as good as like Bobby Orr or something? Like yeah. at the start of the year, like he it, is. There's <laughs> no other comparable. Bobby Orr was the only one that just did random fucking like greatness. insanity offense. Like just this, greatness. You know? Yeah, it was just the best offensive defenseman we've ever seen. So yeah, no, yeah. that's that's the big so thing I, like I wanted to bring up. But was Kel McCarr is just magical. Magic, um, yeah, just phenomenal. Nathan McKinnon looks. I I love the way he plays. He is my probably he's my so he's probably my favorite player to watch in the NHL right now in like today because he's just he reminds me a lot of when Malkin was like an unstoppable force in his best like prime prime Malkin in his best games possible. Is what McKinnon reminds me of, like uh, more often but faster. Mm-hmm. But like you turn the TV on like times two, like, and it makes me so happy <laughs> because like I grew up watching Malkin, and like just with the similar how big they are, how powerful, mm-hmm. how they always just see tight angles have the hardest shots that are always above the goalie's shoulder is insane. Um, but yeah, he's just so good to watch. Um, Lekkinen obviously scoring the game-winning goal again. I'm sure Chase is itching to bring that up. Uh, just loves this guy, <laughs> as do I. <laughs> um, rightly so, rightly so. 
This Arturi yep. Lekin is such a good two-way guy. We love him on this podcast. Um, and just yeah, that's two. What, what was the same? What was it? Yeah, he brought brought Montreal to the to the Stanley Cup final finals. and Colorado yeah, as well. Washington. Yep. Yep. Yeah, just winning the same. <laughs> just the yeah, magic man. Just clutch. Just clutch. clutch. Yep, clutch. What you need, Mister Conference Finals? We can start calling him. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the biggest thing that I was impressed with too, that just seems it's so different from the past years is, is JT Comfer and that third line, fourth line with, uh, Abe Kubel as well. Uh, Logan O'Connor, like these guys are like, seem so much more impactful than they were in the past years. And they're like threatening. They're really they're, playing their role. Yeah. And they're, they're a goal threat in every facet so love this team i love how they come at you in waves it's just crazy talk about them all day yeah yeah old helmer getting her done right yeah the man love, love frank that, frank who's like jesus christ yeah man, frank who's well kemper was out he's been fantastic uh frank who's uh it's a shame he's always injured so much because i would almost like want to find a goalie to that's cheaper than Kemper to be tandem if he's that good like mm-hmm. we've seen flashes of him how amazing he actually can be Frank who's there so oh, absolutely um yeah really good series I got nothing else to say uh do you guys have anything else to say about the Western Conference final Cool. Really, let's let's move over to the New York Rangers versus the Tampa Bay lightning series uh i think this is the only one i absolutely nailed this whole playoffs <laughs> i think it's i think i said tampa bay in six um because i, I wanted the so. rangers out but all right yeah it is yeah you did i think so it was scary it was looking scary off the start for my bet at least very big off scary with rangers being two nothing up in the series and then things just kind of shifted slightly it wasn't like watching the games wasn't it well it wasn't that big of a shift but just moments small moments started happening for confidence yeah and and poise (laughs) chase's Mm. favorite favorite word pretty much especially in this playoffs like tampa has them has an abundance Mm -hmm. of it when they get scored on they're like okay we'll deal with it like we will deal with next it. shift next shift and, and as, when, a, as a matter of fact we might score instantly just yeah respond and, and say fuck you and that's and that's just like they love that they're designed for that they've been through it two times already right um they are the best team in cap era i think we can say um at this point mm-hmm. um but yeah no yeah just, it's just complete domination it's so crazy just get way better and better like so much better as the series goes on like it's like they're just actually reading the other team and what they're good at and they sit get, back exactly you know, and analyze the players and always their, the and their like nick paul said it's just focus on your own battles win your own battles you win your battle everybody's winning battles you win games that's just Yep. It's actually the, the simple, simple short of it. Like, 
everybody's winning battles, it's probably puck bouncing enough for you to win games. Yep, exactly. Sure as hell does that. Yeah, um, couldn't agree more. They just those little bounces, those little moments. It was small things that shifted the series for Tampa, and it's scoring in those moments. Um, as I feel bad for Dylan Strome, so bad, right? Or sorry, uh, Ryan Strome, not Dylan, because oh, yeah, yeah. he yes, is no. getting the full force of New York Rangers Twitter after his miss the other night in Game Five, the open net miss, and why he was playing today because he's injured and clearly was i am not saying that at all do i agree he maybe should have sat out he looked injured he did look injured tonight he was missing a step but uh yeah no i, I don't give him too much grief on missing the net there shit happens i've seen kucherov and pasternak hit the post on wide open nets i can't really give anyone grief um, i've seen mantha hit it over and over <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think I watched Tyler Sagan shoot the puck over the net on a breakaway when it was an empty net. Um, so <laughs> I'm 90% sure I saw that happen in my life. So I'm not really too fussed on someone missing and giving him too much grief. But tonight was an odd one, no? With the choices in the lineup. Uh, yeah. Really makes you wonder what the idea was. With Capo Caco being scratched, Dryden Hunt coming in, um, them playing in a yeah, Strome. playing, <laughs> playing a clearly super hurt Ryan Strome. Like who, who left the game injured? Yeah, it's not like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and Ray was in a good mood too as well. He was a healthy scratch. Yeah, a, a very big energy guy. Who, when your team is down, like that, is the guy who, like the simple part can do the simple job to get you some energy, yeah, right? drop a body it's, and maybe rile everybody up. They kind of got him for a reason, and I understand why, like, maybe a game or so out, you take him, but, like, your backs are against the wall. You need yeah, every secret little fine. weapon you got, and, like, especially being away from home, being in Tampa Bay, you don't have the crowd on your back to get some momentum, like... You gotta have yep. momentum builders. Those can win you series so easily. Um, we see it every year. Like every year, we talk about a special line that's concocted. It's usually a third line that we talk about because it's a either a trade deadline acquisition or a young guy jumping in or something. A weird thing happens that makes a boost in a line. It's that energy. And the Rangers kind of, like you said, shot themselves in the foot potentially with that. And especially Taco being out, I think they shot them both feet because he is one of their been one of their best players this playoffs. I've been very impressed with what he's done. He's very reliable defensively for his age. He is is really smart at reading the play and reading the game. So I just yeah I I get changes. I just feel like potentially this was it was the. The very wrong change. It was an odd one. Was, yeah, was no, right I there. completely agree. Um, do you want to talk about Shosturkin on style and how he was still brilliant at minus one or two? <laughs> that first goal was not ideal. Um, from the angle, the defense did everything they were supposed to do, pushed him out wide, he shoots it across the body, and it goes in. Uh, Steven Stamkos, brilliant shot. Like, nothing away from Steven Stamkos. Uh, it's just yeah. 
that angle. They're in, I get their NHL players here, an NHL goalie should probably have that. No, yeah. <laughs> hate to nitpick, but in games like no, this, it's it, it's small and things. That's the reason you push them out wide, you force a bad, sh- or at least the worst ideal, sh- the least ideal shot for a reason. Yeah, and yeah, it was definitely the last thing he thought that was where, like, not where he thought he was aiming no, at all. Not at all, because sure. um, he. Yeah, he, like, went in, and, yeah, it was already too late, because, like, it's not like it was a bad shot. Like, it was a no, nice, it was a, it was a fast rip, but, um, yeah, just a little unsuspecting through the, through the Lindgren wall, which is pretty much never, when does a puck get through Ryan Lindgren? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah, little weird situation. You saw instantly he went back and just started spraying his face with water, like, the fuck was that gonna yeah. wake up like what the hell you know so yeah but you can't really fault him cause, no like, no he was absolutely the, 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 the Rangers after that gave Tampa Bay probably like four or five chances easy that were yes. just blatant two on ones and oh that Kucherov like, save he stopped all of them yeah <laughs> he that... stopped every single one other than that Stamkos one that fucking hit off of Stamkos's knee and went in yeah. you know so like Throughout the series, it was really just the Rangers' uh, poor transition game catching up with them, like, yes. constantly, because you couldn't get a fucking thing through that uh, neutral zone in Game 7 on Tampa Bay. That yeah. Was, that was insane, let alone the few games before that, 5 and 6, they really, or 4 and 5, they really showed you that you, if we want, you're not getting in the the home plate zone you can people like to say um because yeah if you don't get in in there that's basically where they call them high danger chances yeah it was just an onslaught of perfect defensive thought actual commitment on defense yeah truly was like a perfect display of it again like again out of tampa it's amazing yeah it was absolutely phenomenal from them um i i got really nothing else to say this rangers team looks they look good like they're gonna be a good team yeah they'll be they'll be fucking insane soon yes um yeah uh breadman needs to stop playing the fucking boards start doing something else out there but fuck was that yeah i agree sitting around sitting around on the outside you gotta make one move to the inside or something you can go right back to the outside but you gotta they know you're going to the outside and you're just you're not a threat man like all you gotta do is just stop the passing lanes like these Tampa Bay team is insane sick with their sticks man like this is the best hand eye team in the league by far yeah, um, one thing absolutely. I remember bitching about at the start of the year was like, "This is your job, guys. Like, how are you not? How is everybody not like insanely good at tipping pucks? Like, that was a, how is how do you not have like the most insane hand eye? Like, what else are you doing? Like, you're just fucking around with a puck all the time, are you not? When you're fucking skating around and shit. But yeah, like Tampa Bay shows you really like how the small things truly win you games. Like, yeah, truly win you games. They truly do win the games. Um, yeah, 
absolutely couldn't agree more. Let's, uh, I think it's a good time to move on to our Stanley Cup Finals preview. Um, super, like we said at the start, super, super pumped for this final. Uh, probably the best matchup we could have asked for, except for Pittsburgh, Colorado would have been slightly a little bit better in my eyes, but you know, just me. Um, but as a hockey fan, the two best on best, uh, two times Stanley Cup champion against the team that's probably the favorite all season uh, to win the cup by a long shot, by a lot for most people, um, even though yeah. Florida was thrown in the mix there, but. How are you feeling leading up to this series, Jordan? I just can't wait. Just so ready for that first puck drop. Which matchup are you excited for the most? Like player matchup? Yeah, yeah. Like oh, it's got to be the centers, man. Like this, the the main guys. Stammer and McKinnon right now. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm also excited for that goaltending matchup. I, I'm really hoping that we see two fantastic goalies out there. For sure. Chase, what matchup are you excited about? And what are you excited for the first start of the series? Oh, man. Uh, I'm excited for the matchup of missing somebody, basically. <laughs> uh, not having, like, Cadre and not having Point. Like, I guess Point what might be able to come back. I know he's skating and stuff. They say that Cadre might come back, but there's no way. No way you start in game one, from what I understand. Oh, no. Neither um, of them, it doesn't sound like. So, it's uh, the matchup of, obviously, McKinnon and Stamkos is going to be crazy, but I'm also real excited to see if uh, there is any sort of outweigh, if not a huge outweigh, in Hedman to Makar, because what we saw with St. Louis was that Makar was not Makar in Edmonton or Nashville. Um, so I don't think you're getting that Makar. You're getting St. Louis Makar, um, where you're just not going to be able to create that much offense on this team. Because, like, I don't know if you just watch them climb and walk their way and figure your team out and dissect your team every yeah. fucking goddamn uh, series here for the last, what are they on now? Eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven now. Uh, yeah, eleven insane. series straight. Super uh, crazy. I've been saying all year that like, or all playoff story that I know I'm saying St. Louis is gonna beat uh Colorado, but that's just a random feeling. Feel a year early on this, anyways. But Colorado, if they get to the cup, they're winning. There's no not winning if they get to the cup. Uh, the way Tampa Bay has done this, I feel completely unsure about that statement, <laughs> though. You know, like holy shit! I like, know what you mean. Like, you're good. To, you get to play a Colorado team that's been hanging out for like a couple weeks, so like they're not going to be super ready off the start. You no. could almost pop out the gate and get throw a, a couple pucks in the net and just quiet the game down and the game real quick. Hey, um, take a series lead and walk home. Yeah, yeah. So like, you could you could get at least the first game, and I don't know. When I when I see Tampa Bay win the first game of the series, I feel unbelievably good about them winning that series. Right. And I think they do too. Yeah. They just walked away with that Florida series. They won that first game, and they're like, "Yep, 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good, well, they just got to go fifty percent for their next six games, uh, essentially. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like that's that's but, the most doable thing for Tampa Bay. But yeah, definitely scared of Colorado. I I think I, I'm I think I'm sticking with my statement of like Colorado's in the final. There's no not winning. It's just the pure determination of like so many players on the team. Um, Comfort yeah. has stepped up. Like I said, he would fucking clutch this guy. Yeah. Actually, did get it done. Um, I thought Berkey would be uh, having a little bit more of an impact, but a little bit of getting injuries, having complete disappearing games during the playoffs. Um, really, a lot of hockey ebbs and flows going for the Colorado Avalanche, but the team play is so consistent throughout that it's it's worrisome. It should be worrisome for the Tampa Bay Lightning because that's how they are. Yeah. You know, like they're they through all the shit and all the grumble and all the bad and good. They're they're consistent enough. Everybody all around to just kind of paddle their way through, right? Yeah, and absolutely. It um, just looks like Colorado is so good because they had lesser opponents in Nashville without Soros. Like just a massive key to that team. Ingram. Helps, but uh, the, and then yeah, Edmonton. We we all know Edmonton's just lack of Mike Smith isn't playing super good abilities, yeah. Especially in a series like that, and obviously the defense not the greatest defense. Um, leaning on Bouchard, but yeah, no. Uh, I think it's gonna be an insanely tough. It should go seven. Yeah, I hope so. I, I can go seven. I can they only hope push for... each other back and forth, especially the way Tampa Bay's been able to answer. I don't think Colorado's gonna settle down no. in any way, shape, or form. They might kind of tuck their tail a little bit and lose a game or two, but I think they'll find themselves themselves because this team doesn't lose themselves for more than a day, like a game or two, like all year. Yeah, the last like two years actually. Yeah, so, it's, it's. I agree. Um, I think that's why Colorado's gonna win because I just I like they won't let more than a game or two slip by them. Yeah, this is like, if this, it goes bad. Like if it goes bad. Yeah, this we've been talking about it all all year, all playoffs at least. That this is a different Colorado. It seems um, they're way more determined. They do the more grindy things in the corners. Um, they win puck battles better. They don't stop playing their game as much. They did it once or twice against St. Louis there, but they snapped out of it pretty quickly, and they were scoring yeah, right did. away in games. Um, for the most part, though, they did control the series. Like I, Now I think back, it was probably only one game that they did that where Tucker Tales. So I agree, it's a different team. Um, but looking at matchups real quick, I'll throw mine out there too. Um, I'm so excited for that extra forward matchup of Nishushkin versus Palat. Uh, those two guys are very, like, they're scoring a lot right now. Um, they do all the little things that nobody gives a shit about, seemingly, that they should, because they win you games, they win you series, they win you cups. These guys are the most important players to teams, and whoever shows up better wins, frankly. And that also goes out there for the, for the Nick Pauls and, uh, the Kubels and such out there, like the Confers, the um, the Corey Perrys, like the other depth guys who are very key in those type of roles. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm primarily talking about the, 
the bigger guns of it, the Palat and the Mishishkin, because both were scoring so good last series. So good. Um, this Tampa team, it's, oh, it's so hard to bet against Vasilevsky because it's Vasilevsky, and he's been perfect for two years now. Uh, essentially would have been perfect the year or two years prior to winning their first cup because they almost beat uh, Washington. They should have beat Washington in that series. They had the advantage in a sense, and then they fell apart, right? And Washington didn't fall apart. They kept playing the game, and Washington went on to win the Stanley Cup. Like, that could easily, easily have been Tampa Bay we look at. and They're finally here, and they're not going to slip up again. That was two years they slipped up. I'm just thinking of the history and how all of them are still pretty much there for the most part. The, mm-hmm. At least 60% of the guys and everyone, and they're just not... They don't. They won't give up. So that's comforting to know <laughs> that neither teams should give up. So this should be the best Stanley Cup final I've ever seen. Frankly, it should go that like like the most competitive Stanley Cup final since St. Louis Boston <laughs> type. Like that was a great Stanley Cup final. Uh, even if you didn't don't enjoy those teams or didn't or whatever, like it was aggressive, fast, fun. And I think this could be very similar in a sense. If Kale McCarr, I think, will be a big, big difference maker in this. If he, like Chase said, I don't think he will be Edmonton Kale McCarr or Nashville Kale McCarr. Um, But if he does get those opportunities to be that, I I can't, Tampa Bay can't can't stop all of Colorado. They can't stop him at his absolute, absolute best being a menace like that. And McKinnon, and Rantanen, and Landeskog, and Nishushkin, and Burakovsky. Like, like it's just not happening. So, yeah, very, um, very key. I'm, yeah, even after all I said, like, I feel pretty confident in Colorado. But, like, man, if all the signs point to Tampa. Like, how they're playing, how the depth is playing. Every guy, been... Colton stepping up. Sorelli is just oh, literally backing up that he's... He can fill the hole of no point around him, Easy. and if point comes back at all, like, what a joke for the other team. <laughs> yeah. Just look at the defense once again. You match up on that defense, and you got to play Sergachev on that third line. Who's on the third line? Jack Johnson and um, Eric, Eric Johnson. Johnson or something, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, like, it gets a little bit sketchier when you get deep, when you get real deep, especially the fourth line. Like, yes. when you think about it, if you have the fourth line playing against each other, Maroon and Belmont yeah. are going to eat up that uh, Helm and Cogliano. Like, come on, man. Like, it's technically all, yeah, Vasilevsky. Like oh, that's an easy nod. Absolute reason to say, yeah, you give them the edge again, you know, so... I just said, like, four reasons why Tampa Bay is going to win, and they're all, yeah. like, legit what's happening. That's reality. That's what's been happening. Um, another reason, like I've been saying, they learn as the series goes on, and Colorado won't back down. So that just means they're going to learn as much as they can about them to beat them in game six or seven. And that's that's, that's Tampa's fucking niche. That's why they do it or something. We've been watching it for yeah. two years. We got to, I think it... I don't know why I've always gone against them, but I have, and they've won every time, so it better happen. <laughs> yeah, Jordan, how do, uh, before we get into our predictions, I'll let you kind of close out this discussion of how it'll break down the series uh, 
essentially game by game how they think they'll match up uh what are your final words to say about this before we get into predictions jordan <laughs> oh sorry um i'm just so excited man i just can't wait for this that's all really fair enough fair enough let's uh let's get near predictions then about this jordan what is your prediction yeah like you guys i think <clears throat> this one's going the distance i don't see why it wouldn't so i'm gonna go tampa and seven i think just you named a lot of reasons and the big one for me is that i when the pressure's on vasilevsky he takes it up a notch and why wouldn't he here yeah fair enough fair enough chase uh, i gotta go with colorado I don't know why, but they're just, I don't know. Like I said, I have all these reasons to why Tampa Bay, and they are doing it. They should win, but I'm going Colorado. They're going to find a way to figure this out. Baker at home. I, uh, yeah, I, um, I think the series, I'm going to go each game real quick, because I think, I think Tampa's going to win game one. Colorado's going to win game two and three one of them in overtime i think game three will be overtime and it'll be like 2-1 or some bullshit uh game four will go tampa it'll be best of three series i think colorado will win i think tampa will win and game seven i think colorado will win in overtime one nothing because vasilevsky does not let in any goals and for whatever reason i think tampa base be a little snake bitten in game seven for whatever voodoo curse that kale mccarr and nathan mckinnon put on whatever hex they throw on them they'll do <laughs> and i think colorado will win in overtime game seven fair enough i think it'll be dramatic because oh, i'm insane. manifesting i'm manifesting this boys Three overtimes is what I'm predicting. Three. That'd be insane, man. I'd love all of that to happen. Me too. So many overtimes, man. That'd be the sickest shit ever. Yeah. Uh, Three games go into overtime. I don't care how many overtimes there are. Like, I'm fine if they're, like, five again. (laughs) That'll be Stanley Cup final. I hope game seven has that. Like, so you're just, like, up all night watching this game. And then the most crazy <laughs> shit happens and someone scores and it's over. Best. Just best. So, yeah. that is my prediction. Colorado in seven because, like Chase said, they got past second round. I kind of have to pick them to win. Tampa's got to lose at some point, right? <laughs> and if they're going to do it to anyone, it's probably going to be to this team. And, uh, and Tampa needs to lose so then... Uh... Something changes to their team, yeah. So they actually like, have, so they actually like trade, uh, like Sergachev, Sergachev, or like McDonough, yeah. To keep Paul on the cheap, yeah. He comes back on the cheap, like oh, I want to win, fucking, you know. Do something we'll crazy. Do something crazy, like right. move on from like Kalorn or something, just to make some cap space. Oh, you kept man, that guy's like a fucking magician out there. He's, I'm pretty sure he's a Jedi. I think he's just like going around, just like I oh, agree. Yeah, fuck, do this, and he just bam, it just happens, it perfectly works out for them. Like, 
The guys just. That's why I said they'll make a shocking move and get rid of Killorn, because like I, I, that if something drastic would have to happen, they'd want to keep some real key player to get rid of Killer. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's but no, very very excited for this. Cannot wait. Absolutely cannot wait until this series starts. Um, do you guys have any final notes there? Till we go into Boston and their news. No, I mean you said it. I just can't wait. Nah. Cool. Let's move it's on. All good. Cool. Let's move over to the Boston Bruins then. Uh, another stuff we'll have to remember what we all talked about. So let's start easy and with what we know, and that is Bruce Cassidy uh, getting fired from the Boston Bruins. Um, it's a good thing our video corrupted because I have more information that I learned about it that I didn't read close enough on before. Clearly. Uh, Bruce Cassidy was told that he is not going anywhere um, after the playoffs ended. He was assured he is not going anywhere, that they trust him, he's the coach. Yep. And Tilly gets a message from Don Sweeney asking if he can run by his house and talk, uh, talk shop, talk about the Bruins and everything. So he asked to go over to his own, to Bruce Cassidy's house in his living room, Bruce Cassidy, and that's where he fired him. Ouch. After telling him he's not going anywhere, saying the owners and the president, Cam Neely, say I have to do this, so we're doing this. Yeah, hey. That happened, apparently. That actually happened. Um, crazy, uh... Jordan, initial thoughts on... Shocking. Unexpected. Yeah. Wow. Dude, he was like... What did the guy ask him? He's like, is there anywhere... Basically, Cassie was telling the reporter, like, man, I want to be coaching the Boston Bruins. But he's I guess been that's there... not happening anymore. He's been there... <laughs> he said that in an interview. Like, Jesus, fuck. He, uh, wow. Yeah, he was there 13 years in the Boston Bruins system. He adores the Bruins. Um, just a very unclassy thing from a... I, I want to say a typically well-run... Uh, yeah, pretty franchise. classy organization. A fairly classy for... organization for the most part. Like... Like, yeah, obviously, like, their owner can be kind of a dillweed, but, like, all, most of the owners in the NHL are kind of <laughs> dillweeds. Um, <laughs> everyone beneath him, though, seemed pretty decent. And just the way to do it, the fashion, like, in his own home kind of seemed a little rough as well. And the issue of saying he's staying, obviously, it wasn't completely Sweeney's call. It was higher-ups telling him what to do, but... Just not ideal. The interview kind of said it all as well. Chase referenced it. There's also a line in there where he was engaging for every single question, but the final question they asked was, do you felt like you were a scapegoat for everyone in for the Bruins, for a couple of people in staff there? And he said a very short answer of, I will leave that for you guys to decide. Um, which basically in reporter term means yes. Um, yeah. I'm not actively saying yes, but yes. Um, I think they were using him as a scapegoat, which very unfortunate. Um, Extremely, yeah. 
Yeah, like, I, you gotta wonder, like, did, did they basically go to Sweeney and the management say, you have one year? Like, and that, that's what, that's what triggered all this, instead of, like, obviously Sweeney could be just saying I... shit to him, because he was firing him anyways. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, like, they gotta be under the gun after all this fucking mediocre shit, you know? Like, they've done, like I've said, like, really almost, like, 30 to 40% they've hit on, and when they've hit on these things, they're not, like, gems when all around where they were supposed to hit were, there was gems all over where they were, where they were in, past, in the past history and stuff, so... Yeah, you gotta wonder um, how that really went down and the real inner workings of how this shit go, because it looks dirty on the old surface. That's for it sure. does. Yeah. It definitely doesn't look amazing. It looks pretty sketch. Um, Especially with the uh, what happened with Pasternak there, hey? Like, yeah. Pasternak that's... said, like, I'm pissed that this guy just let Krug and Krejci walk. Yeah. And, uh, like, if he's here, if Don Sweeney's here, I ain't fucking signing here. He basically said that, so just really a lot of turmoil going on, and, like, who knows what the hell's going on. Like, I was talking, uh, some quality coaches going to this team. Like, who knows now or what direction is even going on. Like, how does Bergeron feel about this? Was, like, wowie, because we know he's a big voice in that room. And right. Is he even gonna come back now? And like, yeah, like I, talk I, about just. I think a bomb he will. Up in Boston. I, I, I mean, the... yeah, I don't see how he can lead this team like that. Like, I, I just don't see Bergeron doing that yet. I feel like he's good. Is he's not done yet? He's not ready to be done. Yeah. There's not one moment I looked at him this season and I thought, "You want to be done hockey." Like, or on a different team. Uh, well, yeah, that's a given. He will not that's go to a different year. team. I don't think that'll be it. I think it's the case: will he play hockey or will he play with yeah. play in the Bruins or not? That yeah. it'll be no hockey or Bruins hockey. So, I think he'll come back. But like, like you said, Chase, I really do think Sweeney's time is up. Um, it 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 makes a lot of sense right now with the Passion Act stuff. I think they might go pretty hard in the paint this year in the free agency with a guy or two. That's what the rumors yeah. are going around, that they might free up a little bit of cap space and uh, go hard in the paint for a real center. Krejcic may come back, there's rumors, obviously, but those have been happening for over a year now. But they they are speeding up, and they are legit. Like, Chris Johnson has brought them up and said it's it's real. Like, it's not fake. Yeah, but, and, like, Krejci's been lighting it up. Like, yeah. uh, if you've seen him in the World Championship, this guy's fucking... Still looks like Krejci, Absolutely. basically. It's just not, you know, so. And um, the there's also another name I heard out there that they may go and pitch for Nazem Kadri, Um to bring him in if they can get some, some money to scrape up for him. Yeah. Which would be very interesting because Nazem Kadri is a Bruin. Seems like, oh my God, that could be a really gross Bruin. Um, he may fit perfectly with that. Imagine having Marchant on one line, and then, oh, Marchant's on the bench. Oh, shit, now Caudry's on the ice. Oh, Caudry's on the bench. Oh, shit, now Trent Frederick on, is on the ice. Like, 
you get a three separate lines where you're like, this is awful. <laughs> I'm not having a good time. So I would yeah. love to see that. I would absolutely love, from a hockey standpoint, not from a penguin standpoint. But yeah. no um, what do you guys think? Is Do you think any crazy stuff's going to happen with the Bruins um, now that Cassidy's gone? Um, there's threats being made from players, obviously, and just not looking yeah, good for them. I, mean, I think everybody's on the chopping block right now. Yeah, I'm really up in the arms. My arms are way up. I don't know what to do with my hands uh, <laughs> with this team now. Because uh, originally I was thinking one big gun hole here. Like, let's, like, why, why not? Let's see what we can do. Uh, they got some injuries, so you keep an extra guy. I think you're going to have to shed Mike Riley or something like that. On, yeah, one of those um, demons. In the offseason. It'll be Grizzlick, like, Riley, or Forbert have to go. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. like you can hold on to Grizzlick as long as you can um, until mid-season and then trade him for like uh, a, better like a defensive D-man like fucking Nick Holden or somebody on get somebody on the cheap squeeze everybody better. under um, and then just rely on like Sanika or like a Fabian Lysel um, and the chemistry you created last year to uh, bring you to the mountaintop because in all reality great team last year um, if it was healthy ready to go I think uh they should have beat Carolina, especially the way Carolina ended up continuing to play the rest of the playoffs, you know? Yeah. I, Boston, uh, Boston can bring a little bit more flair than than that if that's what you need to at least get a couple rounds. Um, but, yeah, like, this is just crazy. Like, a, yeah, maybe a Krejci comes back on the cheap and makes this even more potent. That would have been helpful. That's so what much. can push him over the edge, you know, if he comes back for like a mill or something like that. That would be helpful. Nice. That'd be so helpful. Um, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Things could be very interesting. They got some young players who can come up, obviously. Some players I think that need to come up and play a lot. Um, some cap to figure out because they do need to free up at least a little bit, like we're talking about a D man. Maybe a forward or two could go. Um, like a Nick Felino. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can somehow shed that if you're able to but yeah no there's definitely definitely interesting things coming out of them at least they don't have to worry about their goaltending though for the next couple of seasons so that's one green yeah, light for this pretty team going, really happy. going forward um but yeah that's all uh, that's all we got for this week's episode of this podcast you guys have any final notes you guys want to bring up and chat about before we close the podcast no, I think we uh, well, I had my first thoughts for the coaching positions. I've already kind of thought differently now. It was actually somebody commented and said, Flyers ain't taking Dobert, which I can kind of understand. Um, but he said Dobert would be decent with Boston. But I'll give you guys my list of what I was thinking. So, Thinking Trot's going to the Jets. Okay, yeah. That's, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, um, I can definitely see home, that. 
home province shit. Uh, Unless he just gets paid to go to Philly. <laughs> like, yeah. absolutely paid. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think Barry Trotz might end up as a Bruin. Interesting. Interesting. See, I don't... Like, I think... Like, with the Bruins, with their situation, it's like a one-year thing. So it seems like an odd uh, situation for somebody like Trotz or Cassidy or Bill Bear to go to the Bruins. That's why I went with Pocket was my first sort of thought. Because, like, in all reality, pretty decent coach. Been sitting. Maybe he could give you one hoorah here and see kind of how it goes. And He's pretty good generally as a coach, so maybe he can actually be there. For right. kind of your little retoolish after Bergeron uh, steps away, but um, anyways, uh, this is the one where I've flipped kind of back and forth now because uh, Bruce Cassidy, I had him originally thinking of the Stars. Okay. But it's kind of strange because like he's really relied on like veterans and like super smart sort of play no uh i don't know you almost have to be playing like an animal just going wild as a young guy for him or else he's not satisfied with you on on boston i guess so right but he just it, it kind of seems like a match but i heard mike johnson say cassidy to the flyers and that really kind of hit home in a sense because like talk about a team that just needs help Building a culture. Building situation. a culture. Blah, blah, blah. I like Cassidy to the Jets. That would be pretty nice, man. Yeah, that I would be pretty nice. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm leaning more towards Chase, where I think Trotz to the Jets because he's from there. Like that just seems like a perfect time for him to go home. A team that needs a real coach like that too, who can help and defensively solidify them, especially. Um. Yeah, I do really like Cassidy. Cassidy would be a perfect number for the two Flyers. to that, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. Cassidy would be yeah. a great number two to that. If um, goes anywhere else. But yeah, that's a good point yeah. with Flyers maybe going hard for Cassidy. Oh, anyone good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I was thinking Dobert originally, but I don't know. Some guy randomly said that he wouldn't go there. I don't but, know. Uh, I can yeah, see like, it. Mike but... Johnson saying Cassidy to the Flyers sounds like a real like fuck do they need help hey? possibility like just with stability yeah. right and i feel like cassidy could be a long-term sort of fix they have guys that are like veterans at the moment like it's not like this team wants to wait five years or something like they do right. want to win in a year or two or three right so let's get a coach that would want to be around and yeah um... and he would hate the bruins so you could use that against the Bruins. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I Another player I really like for the Flyers in a way because, man, you want a culture turnaround quick? Torts. Um, That'd jo- be crazy. John Tw- I don't yeah. think he was going anywhere. But I, I agree. I wonder. I don't know if he'll go anywhere. But, like, man, you want, like, a, an instant kick in the ass as a team like to der- and that's something where chuck fletcher is kind of in the position of i'm i'm burning on my seat right now like my ass is on fire with how hot my seat is in the next year or two i have to make something notable of a change in the direction of this team at the very least if you want 
the culture better. Torts is one of the first guys that don't to get you to work and get off your ass yeah. is really good for the first couple of years. And I wonder if like for a two year plan, he would be like just awesome to light a fire under him. But at the same time, you mentioned Cassidy. That does sound better. Um, but I do like Torts. I really do wonder if that could be an idea. You're muted, Chase. I was just saying that Cassidy just sounds like an actor that could be decent for like the whole future. As I well, agree. You know, I just like a 100% agree with that. Fix my team right now. No, thing, I. You know? That's why I said I think Cassidy's better. But for a long yeah. time, I have been thinking Torts before Cassidy's fired. Like they yeah, do need exactly. a kick in the like, ass. Cassidy could go somewhere else, and it yep. wouldn't be a bad route to go towards and just kind of shake your team or up talk. and get them, get them kind of whipped into just, yeah, this is the NHL. If you don't play good or don't do what I say, then you ain't playing. Yeah, but exactly. uh, the other name I wanted to bring up was Kent Quenville to the Knights. Joe Quenville. John, John Quenville? That's who, I, that's who I'm thinking going to oh, John. the Golden John Knights. Yeah, John, right. John or Joe? <laughs> like the Quenville, the old Quenville, the Joel Quenville, the Blackhawks. The, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's the, Joel. The, the Florida. Florida. Yeah, Spokane, yeah. That's uh, Joel Quenville. Joel Quenville. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. Buddy. Interesting. Um, that's what I was thinking, but I don't know. Pretty controversial. Like Cassidy would be amazing <laughs> for that, hey. Yeah, I'm looking. I I like Cassidy. For the for the knights a lot too. Like I look at them and I'm like, oh, that's a that's a marriage for both teams. But the only issue is like he already like unexpectedly was fired from one job. Vegas isn't really a place you go for job security. Um, <laughs> if you're feeling self conscious or insecure about how you're gonna do at a job and might get fired the next day, don't go to Vegas. But that's a team on the right track. And the right mindset where you were, like, preparing for next season, at least, right? <clears throat> and they need a kick in the ass, too, Vegas, obviously, with oh, missing yeah, the playoffs. So, they need some changes. Yeah, I think it would work out pretty good if, if he'd be down for it. But, yeah, no, the coaching situation is pretty interesting. That's Very sure. interesting. We'll uh, definitely keep on top of it. Um talk we got some other coaches even we could bring up like uh like bonus we talked about is blash hill gonna get another job in the nhl like some guys there um i mean babcock's name is always gonna be thrown out there do we think oh, yeah. that uh yeah uh yeah do, julian obviously um lots of guys is is dave lowry gonna get a chance or at least as an assistant somewhere pretty good so yeah Lots of stuff to look out for, but we will keep you all updated on that. But for now, this is will be the end of the Couch on Ice podcast. Uh, go follow us on our social medias on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at the Couch on Ice podcast. We will see you guys next time to talk about the start of the Stanley Cup Finals. Talk to you later, boys. Peace.